Hello, busy professionals, and welcome to episode number 31 of the You Deserve a Luxury Vacation podcast. In this episode, we talk with one of the few black travel journalists, Brian Major, and we discuss how has black travel changed. We're going to get into everything from where it's been and where we think it will go. So make sure you take a listen. You're listening to the You Deserve a Luxury Vacation podcast, where I provide valuable information to help busy professionals plan their next luxury vacation. I'm your host, Belvin Baldwin II, so let the planning begin. Well, welcome to the You Deserve a Luxury Vacation podcast. I am happy to welcome to the podcast, Brian Majors. Brian, I'm glad you're able to join. How are you doing? I am doing terrific, Belvin. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Great, great, great. I mean, I follow your work and I wanted to kind of introduce you. And as our topic is, how has Black travel changed? And I just want to get a perspective from you because you're, you know, you're in the industry as well, but you, you're you from a journalistic point of view. So kind of give us, give my audience a background. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, where I live today. Okay. Brooklyn, Brooklyn in the house. Okay. Got it. Got it. So <laughs> how did you get into journalism and especially the niche travel? You know, I started in the 1990s. And, um, you know, I was a professional journalist already, freelancing, working for different newspapers here in New York, really as a freelance general assignment news reporter. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my colleagues told me about a trade publication that was looking for editors. You know, I didn't have a full-time job at that time, and it was in travel. Go up to there, go up to the place, and I interviewed with the editor. He liked my, you know, stuff. And uh, he says to me, we have a... um, magazine that covers uh, the travel industry, different departments. You'd be a cruise editor. This position is cruise editor. You take a cruise every month or so. I kind of looked at him like, huh? (laughs) We've all heard of Condé Nast. We've all heard of travel and leisure, but I didn't really know anybody did this for a profession. So long story short, I started there as a cruise editor um, in the 90s. Great time to start because the cruise industry was really ramping up. It was becoming what it is today. Back then, it was really a travel niche. So I was able to write about travel. This stuff was all for travel advisors. So I was able to write about travel, go on some press trips, experience cruises, learn about the cruise industry, learn about how cruises are sold, who goes on vacations, who goes on cruises, and then compare cruises to land vacations. So it was a great way to start. Uh, That's how I got involved. That's great to know, especially starting off in the 90s. I think that's where you started seeing kind of in that age where a lot more leisure travel kind of started. I go back to a time where in Black history, just seeing when we traveled, it was usually to to a family reunion. (laughs) It wasn't really... It really wasn't yeah. just a long vacation. It was going to see Big Mama down south or something like that. You know, it was it was something to that nature. So in your experience, what have you seen as far as black travel? How has it changed since you've been covering it? Well, you know, Belvin, I mean, 
from a personal perspective because I'm a black person. And then, you know, now I'm a journalist able to see it from both perspectives. And what you say is 100% accurate. You know, I mean, when I was starting out, you know, it really was when I would say black folks were really getting into the swing of taking vacations in the mainstream vacations that people are now, that they are so eager to take these days. I mean, cruises and uh, all-inclusive resort vacations and travel to um, international destinations. When I was starting out, that really was not happening as much. The model for the Black traveler was, as you're saying, more of the family vacation, the dry vacation, the domestic vacation. As we both know, um, that stems from a couple of things, certainly from how vacations are marketed to Black people, then also, you know, maybe economic circumstances, although Black travelers, researchers, as as indicated, has shown that Black people have a substantial buying power, 140. I want to get into that. Don't, yeah, don't. 140 billion in 2019 travel purchases. I was saying that Black travelers have also, you know, historically, we are used to being, all of us who are Black in America, are used to being in discriminatory environments. So Black travelers are conscious of that and aware of that. And I think that in the past that had limited our travel choices. There was a need for a green book in the day when it came out, the Negro Motors Green Book. And as time went on, you know, maybe between then and the 80s, there was a void in what Black travelers could do. But now in the 90s, when I was starting out, yeah, we're starting to see more of that. But certainly today, this is where we're actually seeing some outreach and marketing to Black people and true consideration of our vacation desires on the part of travel suppliers. We didn't even have that even in the 90s. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've seen it grow. When we were traveling, of course, probably with our parents and grandparents, even before that, I mean, you couldn't travel to certain places and that's where the Green Book was there for. And then you really wanted to go see your family. You couldn't trust anybody. I mean, even if you're driving on the highway, you can get pulled over for nothing. And we all had family, even though I know you stated you're a Brooklyn. Uh, I'm originally from Ohio. So we were in the North, but you still had family in the South and you had to come back and, and see them and vice versa. So it was, and you didn't have indispensable income, you know, just, you just didn't right. have the extra income to travel. So as for me, my First flight wasn't until I was 20 years old. So my first flight, I didn't even take a flight to 20 years old. And I was kind of a, even taking that 20, a lot of my friends and family never took a flight. Right. It's like what you stated. We're at a point now, and I really enjoy this new look of Black travel because it's inspiring. I mean, people are everywhere, which opens the door for more people to expand their travel. For example, I mean, it was pretty much big if you went to Florida from the north. Oh, you went to, I mean, I remember just seeing the ocean for the first time. And now we're expanding. We're all over. What have you seen specifically that kind of surprised you now when it comes to travel, to Black travel? (laughs) Great question. You know what surprised me, Belvin, in the last two years? Two things. I won't say surprise, but it's something that I have to say is a phenomenon. It is a driver now of travel. It's social media. Yeah. And maybe even Instagram specifically has exploded. It lends itself tremendously to travel. It inspires people's travel desires and it gives them aspirational targets. I mean, it shows them what's possible and people feel like they can experience. And then the second thing is the number of Black travel influencers, the the diversity and the richness of 
I mean, I found you through, uh, you know, we we connected through social yeah, through media. Social media. You're, you're a luxury travel advisor, a black luxury travel advisor, which is a great thing. And I know a couple of <laughs> I know a couple of other black luxury travel advisors, but I've met we had this Trav Media Corporation. I'm going to give them a little plug. Trav Media Corporation sponsored a travel conference just here, just wrapped up here in New York, International Media Marketplace. And I met some great travel influencers, Black travel influencers, one who was a diver and uh, she owned some real estate in Newark and she was able to take a break from working and go diving. And then she became a posting about it. And now she's become an advisor. Um, Some others who are experts um, who have worked for trade publications like The Points Guy. I know uh, Vicky uh, Novitsky, I think it's her last name. You know, I'm going to get this right before this is over. Um, But but, um, just a rich group of Black folks who are doing exactly what you said. They are going everywhere, doing everything. They are in different parts of Africa. They are in Southeast Asia. They are in Black folks love Dubai. They love the Middle East. They are in the Far East. So um, there's no place they don't go. There's nothing they don't do. There's a great Roland on Faith, or R-O-L-L-I-N on F-A-I-T-H, is, uh, is a brother who was um, a Division One athlete who was paralyzed. Okay. And he is uh, paralyzed from the waist down, and he has become a traveler and a uh, an advocate for disabled travel. He is a terrific brother and he's inspiring. So, I mean, there's just so many people, black folks now traveling and doing, doing things that you know, I wouldn't have dreamed that this would happen. So I'm you, inspired you, by that. You are right. I'm a travel advisor, but when I came into this industry, a lot of it was mass commercial vacations. You know, you're probably doing everything that everybody else is doing. And then social media and the travel influencers, they push the button, which allowed me to push the button and say, OK, I'm inspired. This person just went to Dubai. Well, 10 years ago or whatever, you really couldn't you wouldn't even thought about that. You're thinking, no. oh, man, it's in the middle of the Middle East. What am I? You know, what are you going yeah, to do? Yeah, explain to them what it, yeah, where it is. Even right. Though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people went to Dubai on the first time because of a, a glitch in the system. And they actually got flights there for, for like 200, 300 bucks. And if you talk to a variety, a variety of travel influencers, they did that. And they took that leap of faith and said, hey, we, we're going to go there. And from there, you know, Dubai has grown and grown and grown for us. I mean, it's been there, but it's grown and grown for us, for Black people. But I see, just like you said, I've seen people in Antarctica, uh, you know, all parts of Africa now, Tanzania right. and everything. But it's funny now because I just left Ghana. And talking to the generation before me about my trip to Ghana, you would think that it, that I was going to the moon or something like that. They could what? Where are you doing? You going to you going to Africa? Or you you know? And it's it's the perception that a lot of people of an older generation who you know I can't blame them. They haven't traveled before. And they some of them still haven't been on a flight unless it was on, you know, wartime or something like that. They can't even fathom what I'm showing them, because one time I actually just said, hey, I just showed them downtown, the downtown city. And I said, this is Africa. No, no. I was like, this is Africa, because what you're seeing in the media is something totally different. You know, they may show you something different, but this is what it is. So, yes. So with that, I would tell our black folks who have not I encountered those people too. 
I know what you're talking about. There's a generation and a culture of Black people who, who haven't experienced those connections. But what I would tell them is that um, they've been raised in a country where everybody who is uh, of a, in a position of authority is white for mm-hmm. the most part. They will see what we're talking about when they go to a country where the banks are run by Black people and all of the uh, institutions are run by Black people and they have sophisticated downtowns as you would see in Nashville, Tennessee, or you would see in in New York, or you would see in San Francisco with public parks and, you know, and restaurant rows and, you know, and that kind of thing. And everybody, every face you see is black. So um, it's something that they need to learn. And yeah, again, the marketing, we've seen the images that have been presented to us and not the genuine images. I think you're right. I know you're right. It's the programming. You almost have to unprogram yourself. And that's what I like about how social media has helped and inspired. And you're right. I was looking at that study. Black Americans spent $63 billion on travel in 2018. 2019, it almost doubled. It went up to $109 billion. And that's an independent study. That's not just a survey. If we draw that out a little bit, let's tie that to the racial reckoning, right? And let's say some travel companies responded and marketed to Black people as a result of that. And look what happened. Right. (laughs) Look what happened. I know. know. So what else is out there? What else are they? It's funny because when I was in this travel advisor industry, you know, I'm a Black luxury travel advisor. You don't see too many of them. And I had to break away from the mold. And I had to actually talk to a Black mentor, one of my Black mentors, Claire, who's in the luxury travel industry. And breaking that mold from just being in the mass market selling where they just sell you the $199 trip and things like that. And when I started talking to Black professionals and stating, you know, this is out there for you, they have never even seen or heard of some of these places. And I'm trying to talk to travel suppliers to say, you probably want to change your brochure to some type of diversity because there's people out there that have the means to go to these places, but you're not marketing to to them. And, you know, we have to change that. That's what it is. I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. It's the marketing and the presentation on the part of the travel suppliers. I mean, it's like any other business. They're the ones out there trying to be competitive, get your travel dollar, you know, make you select a vacation versus any other, you know, nobody needs a vacation. It's a leisure travel decision. So, you know, you're going to have to market it and go out there and, and outreach to customers and show them why they want to select your vacation, you know, versus any other. And uh, for Black folks, yeah, we need that layer also, that layer of comfort because of our past and of people discriminating against us and us feeling like, oh, they, they treat me this way because I'm Black. And I have this, this conversation with my wife often. You know, one of the worst parts of this kind of racism and discrimination is you don't always know, like you, like when you went to Curacao, did they do this to me because I'm Black? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, you, you have to question, a, you know, yeah. you question right. Like, so. Who wants that? You want to go on vacation like everybody. We, we want to go on vacation, have fun, have a good time, enjoy yourself and have a good time. And I think one other thing I should bring out that I remember from that study is that it pointed out that Black people, and I, you could probably speak to this more than me, Black people will are more than average will are likely to purchase a extension of or a tour as part of their visit to a city or to a destination. They are much more likely to event, do cultural kind of exploration in a destination. Right. 
You're totally right. And that's why I had to talk to some of the vendors when they talk about selling Africa. And I said, you know, it's not that we don't want to see a safari, but safari is not the main reason we have black people go to Africa. We can see a, a lion in a zoo, you know. We, you know, yeah, I mean, we could probably, I mean, of course, we, right. of course, we'd like to see it in its own habitat and everything, but right. it's the culture. It's a different type of set. And that's what you have to tell these suppliers. I'm not going to sell you on seeing the big game five. That's right. not how you sell or, you know, market to black people. Yeah. You have to find the culture. What does it mean to them? It's a connection that they're looking for when they go to Africa. It's not yeah. just sitting in a Jeep looking for a giraffe to come by. I mean, that's, that's great right. for others, but right. not for, for black people. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, so you spent time in the Caribbean, of course, you know, dealing with the cruises. And I'm talking to a lot of tourism boards and, and things and whoever wants to reach out to me as well. But I'm talking to right. a lot of tourism boards because I want to put a connection between the black community in the United States and some of the black culture in the Caribbean. What have you seen that some may have missed or may not know that are on the different islands in the Caribbean? That is another tremendous question. I'm glad you said that. It's funny because I was just having a conversation before you, like everybody, I'm doing two or three Zooms a day um, <laughs> before before this. Um, I know you're busy, was, man. Uh, <laughs> so are you, brother. I know. Um, before this, I was talking to um, the president of Nevis Sun Tours. He runs, a, his name is Greg Phillip. He is a former Nevis Tourism Authority CEO. He runs a tourism company now in Nevis. And we were talking about marketing to African-Americans, the Caribbean to African-Americans specifically. And we were talking about the connections of culture and the connections to um, what people, Black people, want to see in the Caribbean. And, you know, we have so many hidden things that, again, are not marketed. When we go to, let's say, to Cottle Church in um, Nevis, this is a um, historic church which was the first church in the Caribbean that allowed integrated services between Black and Black colonial people and, and um, slaves okay. who lived on the island of Nevis and enslaved people and free Black people on Nevis. This was a church that helped, that recognizes and that signifies the beginning of the resistance to slavery and the resistance to the end of slavery in the Caribbean anyway, and then ultimately in the U.S., there's um, Martinique has a place called Les Savants d'Esclaves, which is a modern day agricultural farm. You can take okay. tours there, but it also has a museum that has a frank display of slavery and the history of slavery in the Caribbean and in Martinique and the post-slavery transition of the people, the black people, the enslaved, the formerly enslaved people there who built an agricultural based economy. He has a farm there which produces for the local community. It is the number one most popular tour in Martinique. So it wow. is it is magnificent. If you go to Bermuda, which also is doing a real good job of marketing to Black people and to Black travel organizations and the Black travelers, there is a whole culture of Black community in St. George, which is not, when you think of Bermuda, you think of the beautiful pink houses pink and stuff sand. like that, yeah. Yeah. right? And the luxury element, which is certainly there, the golf courses, which is certainly there, but also there's a great history of Black folks and many of them who left the United States during the Revolutionary War, not wanting to be involved on 
And uh, they were given uh, grants by the British to go to Bermuda rather than to fight against against British forces in the Revolutionary War. So there's a whole culture of Black folks in Bermuda around the town of St. George. And right now, Black restaurants and purveyors who help share that culture. And you can buy some tours and, and connect with the Bermuda Tourism Authority to find out how to involve that. There's a lot of Black culture that Black folks will want to see uh, and want to experience in the Caribbean. but I mean, just like other travel marketers, the travel tourism boards in the Caribbean, I think are just now reaching out. We were talking about this, this guy, Greg and I, reaching out now to Black Americans. So again, this flowering has to happen. We need more of this and, you know, it's starting to happen. It's great you say that because it's funny because we've been talking to the same people. I just had a conversation (laughs) with you. Okay, right. There we go. There we go. It seems like the communication is starting to work because I was pointing out the same exact things. I said, you know, it's the way we have to market to Black America. It's different from just the generalistic things. Yes, you can have sun, you can have ocean, you can have beach, but you have to have a meaning from that comes from the soul of why I need to be here and what significance it has. Yep. And, and it, there are connections for almost all of us Black folks are connected somewhere in the Caribbean. Our people came from there. We went there. We went through there. Yes. You know, we have this common experience. We have stories that are not told. Like this is place in Martinique, slave revolts. There were, you know, people want to, you want to talk. There were numerous, many, many slave revolts in the Caribbean. Yeah. People don't and talk about that in the United States, but there were many. This was one of the biggest fears of colonial people. Right. And the only one you probably heard of as a slave result is Haiti, but it was multiple ones throughout the Caribbean. And then a lot of people feel that slaves were, you know, a lot of them stopped in the Caribbean and South America. In fact, more in South America than the United States. When you travel, it opens up the world to you and you stop living by someone else's narrative, per se. And if you stay put, you're going to hear the same narrative every time. But when you travel and you start learning about your culture, your history, other people's culture and history as well. But I'm going to tell you one thing else, too. I want to push to, uh, to a lot of Black Americans as you travel and as we continue to grow and how travel has changed here is to see Black ownership and how we can support Black resorts, Black businesses when you travel and vice versa. So, we already talked about sun tours and, you know, some of the tourism, but had, you know, is there any black businesses that you've seen or, or heard about in your travels? Well, I know there are some really good black travel advisors like yourself that travelers should be patronizing for number, number one, certainly. But then when you come to talk about black travel around the United States, there's a group called the Black Travel Alliance. BlackTravelAlliance.com. Yeah, I'm familiar with Marty, the owner, Martin. Yep, yep. Right. They can lead to some of the organizations around the country. And there's a great online resource. And it's a magazine. It's a media company, Travel Noir, N-O-I-R-E.com, which recently did a a listing of um, top uh, Black travel um, companies, Uh, companies that are run and organized by Black people. There are Black resorts. There's a black resort owner who now owns the Half Moon Resort in Jamaica, um, which is the um, she's Johnson, a Sheila Johnson. There you go. Yes, Sheila Johnson. And she owns one of the finest, which is one of the not only the finest resorts in the Caribbean, it's one of the finest resorts in the world. So, um, you know, I've stayed there. I can tell you that myself. 
we have a long way to go. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, yeah. It mirrors many other industries in that we have uh, maybe a foot in the door now, but we have a, a long way to go. And uh, there are a lot of successful black media companies. Um, you know, uh, my son is an editor for a black uh, enterprise and I know they're a big media company and partnerships are a big part of travel. So maybe yeah. in the future, we're going to see some of these partnerships get involved in ownership and expand uh, ownership in the travel industry for, for Black folks. I'm starting to see a lot of collaboration out there. And I see when I travel as a travel advisor and shout out to Travel Nord because I was in that top 10. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you're starting to see a lot of collaboration. You were talking about the Black Travel Alliance. I'm a part of that as well. And I like what Marty's doing right there. And she, I think she even had a book where she stated all the different Black businesses that you can support while you're traveling. And that is something that a lot of Black Americans, when they're traveling, they're, they're looking more for that for that experience, that culture, that business that they can support. I know that we're working on a few of our group trips that are coming out there. And one of them is we're, we're going to try to have a Black experience or support a Black business throughout our travels. And let's not forget the U.S. because I, I understand the, the, you know, I read an article about the Lorraine Motel owners who um, have built obviously experience around the assassination of Dr. King. So uh, that's another black owned business. There's a lot of domestic black owned businesses as well. I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It, it, no, 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 no. And it is another lady. Gosh, I know I'm going to mess her name up here, but she's based here in Atlanta and she's a black hotel. You know, she's starting to get people to, to own a hotels. Right. So investing in the hotel. So it's a domestic side here. I think it's gosh, I forgot their hashtag, but I'll put it in the notes. But it's a it's definitely something out there for people who, who even own to own hotels and be black oh, owners. Awesome. But, you know, to support those owners of hotels as well. So we're starting to really grow in this hospitality industry. And I really look forward to see what the future brings. But I think it's, you know, as far as we start, you know, collaborating and opening up the doors, I think it's going to be bright when it comes to um, to uh, black travel in the future. It definitely has changed, uh, you know, from the days of before. But I just think it's so much more potential out there. So in closing, what would you say would be a place that you feel that black Americans should visit? Great, great, great question. Where would I say is a great place that Black Americans can? I'm gonna There's so many, but I, I would say just yeah. give me a couple off the top of your head. Nothing. I know you you specialize in the Caribbean. I'm not gonna say. I know. I know your wife is from Jamaica. I know a lot of people That's go right. to Jamaica. A lot of people go to Dominican. A lot of people go to the Bahamas. And nothing against them. They're they're the majority. But is there something off the beaten path per se? I like that question because, you know, the Caribbean has like 28 destinations. There are 28 destinations in the Caribbean, something off the beaten path. Um, I'm going to give you two, one a little closer than the other, one one toward the eastern part of the Caribbean, one toward the west. Toward the east is the British Virgin Islands. The British Virgin Islands is, uh, you know, next door to the USVI, but it offers this kind of really sleepy, kind of quiet a place where um, you fly in and uh, your vacation is really based on three main islands. And uh, you may stay on one island, but there's a great public ferry system, or you can, if you insist on it, and if you want it, you can customize a yacht or, uh, or spend your vacation on a yacht. Going among the little islands, great snorkeling and, and intimate beaches. And, uh, you know, again, 
These are black folks, <laughs> okay. islanders, as they call themselves, vacationers. They love showing off their country. Um, if you want to relax and just do something different and uh, make a connection with the locals, because you're going to be connected with local culture. It's naturally beautiful place. Um, and there's also the baths, the famous okay. um Beautiful UNESCO World Heritage Site that is a natural wonder, kind of a beautiful shore area with huge boulders, Instagrammable, you know, you get between the boulders <laughs> exactly. and the, you know, and the waves are coming in. It's really something naturally beautiful and unique. So good rates, good hotels, and it's close by. Somebody like Belvin can steer you yeah. into, a, into a tour. <laughs> and then I want to say, um, you know, just from the cultural aspect, Belize. Okay. Because it I was, was such a about mix. That one. Right. You know, it's such a mix of culture. You got African cultures, African and Caribbean cultures, certainly, of course, Garifuna culture, which is the African culture of of African coastal folks who came over um, to Belize, established their own communities there. They they have communities still in Africa, but they have their same African cultural dance and food traditions. They have communities that you can visit, folks that uh, interact with tourists and show off their dance and their creativity. That's great. But it also has Mayan culture. It has, it really was a center. Belize was really the center of the Mayan kingdom, of the okay. Mayan kingdoms. So there are still beautiful and large archaeological sites with soaring monuments that you can visit in Belize. There's also a jaguar reserve <laughs> in Belize. There's beautiful nature. There are Mennonite communities, Dutch communities in Belize, if you mm-hmm. can believe that. It is a mix of culture. These people all get along together. And um, when you go from region to region, which is pretty easy, you see different parts from the coastal areas to, I did an underground river tubing and cave exploration excursion in Belize. Now, I'm a city guy. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Right? I never did. <laughs> you got in the water. <laughs> yeah, but I, man, I got in the water. I dig in a tube, swam through parts, crawl through parts. To, I mean, you know, playing right. through a two-mile cave, man. I mean, we had to come out the other end. You weren't getting back until <laughs> you right. got through the whole thing. <laughs> man, I'm so glad I did it. It was terrific, man. And so, I mean, and again, this is kind of what us, us Black folks are now looking forward to. We're not limiting ourselves to those mass market vacations. We're not limiting ourselves to a to a three-day cruise or 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 thank you. Or, thank or, you. Or nothing wrong with that. But, but you know if you want that. But we're, right. but we're not limiting ourselves to or Disneyland, you know, two-day, you know, <laughs> thing like that. It's something in Florida. Again, nothing wrong with that. We can do anything we want to do and explore anything that inspires us. So you know, look around. <laughs> you exactly. Know? Exactly. I'm so happy you stated that. And you're right. There's nothing wrong with those things. You're not limited to those. And that's what, you know, I really want the travel industry and the travel market to realize. When you diverse, uh, make a little diversity communication and in your marketing, you are in a win-win situation. So thank you for those points. I think I just found that hashtag. It's called a state black experience. So basically, if for those people who are looking for black hotel owners, that you know, if you want to stay at their hotels, the stay black experience. I think the guy's name is Omar Head. He's one of the people that are helping black people become owners of hotels. So that's there for people as well. I think we named a, a lot of people uh, owners and and things of that nature. So this was a great podcast. I really thank you, Brian, for 
coming in and talking. And I'm pretty sure we're going to talk a little bit more. And and I look for the future, you know, of our relationship growing together and, and learning new things. So uh, thank you for taking the time out to speak to the audience of the You Deserve a Luxury Vacation podcast. Thank you, Belvin, for having me. Thank you for having me. You know, it's great for us to connect. Like you're saying, this is what's making us, it makes us more powerful. It gives us our own network, you know. And uh, for me and you to associate, you know, we'll be we'll be speaking and working together in the future. So I'm just happy to make the connection. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Wow. What a great episode. I just want to give a point of clarity because my mind went blank during that interview and that happens sometimes. But I want to really point out Devon Reeves and Devon Group. She helps African-Americans really invest in the hospitality industry. Uh, Basically, she's teaching uh, blacks how to own hotels. So if you want to reach out to her, the Bond Group. Another one that I forgot to mention is Martinique Lewis. She has a book called the ABC Travel Green Book. It's a great resource if you're looking to support black businesses while you travel. Last, if you want to collaborate with me and discuss topics on the You Deserve a Luxury Vacation podcast, please reach out to me. Uh, It can be anything from discussing your hotel, your resort, your destination, or whatever you would like to bring to the audience. So feel free to contact me. I'm going to leave my contact information at the end of this episode. So have a great day. Hey, busy professionals. Thank you for listening to the You Deserve a Luxury Vacation podcast. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, rate and review. This helps other busy professionals like yourself find the podcast. If you want help planning a luxury vacation, please visit ShowtimeTravel.com. Also, you will be able to get more valuable tips and behind the scenes footage by following me on social media. You can find me on YouTube under Showtime Travel, LinkedIn under Belvin Baldwin II, Instagram under Showtime Travel, and my personal Luxury Travel by Belvin. Thanks again, and remember, you deserve a luxury vacation.